1: Do you like the show and want to help support us? Want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Well of course you do. Then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and become a Patreon supporter of this very show.
2: programs and welcome back to a live edition of the nerd cave retro show my name is
1: jason robbins and my name is Derek diamond
2: Woo! well you gotta clap for him too <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's the most positive reception we've ever got for any show we've ever done hello sorry about that <laughs> this so is this, a trial run
2: yeah this is a trial run for the live episode we've uh, we've never actually done an Actual live episode before we've done some panels at like Pensacon, things like that. So this is kind of a trial run and see how we're going to do tonight. So we hope you guys enjoy it.
1: Yeah, it's funny because we're at what 160 episodes. I think this might be episode 160. I think this is 159. 159. Yeah. Out of all those shows we've done, half an official episode together. I count yeah. the Wizard commentary as yeah. half an episode. <laughs>
2: So if you guys haven't listened to that, I don't know if you guys ever saw that movie, The Wizard. Probably the greatest, greatest 80s, (laughs) one of the greatest 80s movies ever.
1: Our official fact checker to the fact checker says it's 160. Oh,
2: well, I have it listed wrong on Twitch right now, so I apologize to our Twitch listeners who are confused.
1: (laughs) Shout out to Tyler Watson, who's sitting in the audience. Woo! So how's your week been, Derek? I was actually really busy. Uh, I know I've told you last weekend I went to Tampa for the Tampa Bay Underground Film Festival. Yes. Woke up early Sunday morning, drove to Tampa, watched a ton of short films. Most were absolutely terrible. I almost left the theater. Like, I think I need therapy because some of those movies were so bad.
2: Well, uh, I, me and Steve Wise, who uh, was the director of Survey, we went to the Tampa Film Festival last year, and I saw, we were watching the comedy movies category, and I was watching a comedy that was so bad. Have you ever watched a, a movie that just made you angry because it was so bad? I actually left the theater. First time I ever really left the theater angry because a comedy was making me angry.
1: So it was a comedy for the wrong reasons. Exactly. That's how a lot of the comedies were this year. Yeah. So then I woke up early the next morning and drove back home, so I drove just under 1,000 miles in 48 hours. Mm, that's fun. I slept great that night. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, other than that, just kind of getting ready for the holidays. I know we had a, um, a pretty epic... Star Wars discussion on my show the other night yes we did Uh, I think it's
2: gonna be split into what three parts because it was so long
1: so rise of Skywalker's coming out yes woo. so of course I had to do an episode of the Derek Diamond experience based around Star Wars so it was you Steve and uh, Jonathan McIntosh and we recorded for just under three hours So my immediate thought was it's at least going to have to be split into two parts. And then Steve had the idea, well, it was split up where we discuss the originals for a while. Then we switch to the prequels, then the sequel trilogy. So why not do a three-parter? So that's going to be an interesting editing experience. I've never done a three-parter before, but hey, it pads your stats. Yeah, it did. (laughs) (laughs) What about your week? Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: So uh, I did a comedy show with uh, my fellow, uh, we call ourselves the Tender Dicks, uh, comedy <laughs> duo. Uh, we went to Panama City and we played, uh, honestly, I don't even remember the name of the place, but you guys ever seen um, the Blues Brothers? Yes. When they're in the bar, the, we, we have both kinds, country and western, that bar with the chicken wire? Yeah, it was that kind of place. Like, there should have been chicken wire in front of us. And, Where was this um, at? It was in Panama City, and I can't even remember the name of the place. But
1: uh, Oh, this you, is the one you wrote about on Facebook that you had the weird experience?
2: Yeah, because there was a fight almost broke out, like the first 30 seconds of the show. And, um, yeah, it, was, it pretty much went downhill from there. What was the fight about? I have no idea. It was two dude bros going at it. In the, in the crowd.
1: I like to think they were arguing over which comedian was their favorite. Yeah, and they are yeah. just that passionate about your local stand-up yeah, comedy.
2: I, that wasn't happening. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know about you, but I'm ready to go into the news for this week. Sure. So from NintendoLife.com, we have a story where Rare forgot to remove a shotgun from Donkey Kong 64... Before showing Miyamoto. Uh, during a recent interview with Games Radar, one of the creative leads, George Andreas, recalled a horrifying moment when Rare was showing the game to Shigeru Miyamoto uh, at its new studio And Donkey Kong, pulled out a realistic-looking weapon. He said, uh, We switched on the game, they saw the rap, and then I started running around as Donkey Kong. I swung on some vines, collected bananas, and they were beginning to really smile. And then I pressed a button to pull out the gun. It wasn't textured gun that you might expect, but a realistic shotgun with bullets flying out and with horrifying sound effects. He said he completely forgot it was in there. Miyamoto was not impressed and took out some paper and drew the coconut gun. So what do you think about uh, Donkey Kong actually having a shotgun at one point (laughs) in Donkey Kong
1: 64? Is this one of the first examples of trolling? Maybe. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in that room cuz I'm just picturing the first level of Donkey Kong 64. It's got this nice upbeat jungle music. Everything's bright and colorful and then all of a sudden Donkey Kong just starts capping people with a shotgun.
2: <laughs> I can just think of the original Donkey Kong game like if you, you know, you get all the way up to the top of the building to to rescue Daisy and then all of a sudden Donkey Kong pulls out a freaking shotgun and blows Mario's head off.
1: I'm surprised that's not on YouTube. We should <laughs> that make that happen. Awesome. I just don't understand how you forget something like that. I, I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Oh, I'm excited for this one. <laughs> All right, so this comes to us also from NintendoLife.com. Remembering when one company ruined Christmas for some NES owners. This Christmas, we'd imagine plenty of Switch consoles are going to make their way under trees all over the world, promising a legion of new players a pretty incredible holiday season. However, let's spare a thought for the kids back in 1989 who got an NES from Santa, only to find out that their parents had also bought this accursed contraption.
2: It's called Homework First Video Game Lock for your Nintendo Entertainment System. This
1: is evil. It's a physical lock that keeps you from putting cartridges in a Nintendo. What heartless parent would do this?
2: (laughs) I'm sure my parents would have bought this if they would have
1: found out about it. I mean, this is like something that if I had kids that I would do. parents were so scared about their children spending too much time playing video games that a company actually created a physical lock which prevented the nes from being used the lock bolted onto the front of the console and covered the cartridge slot preventing games from being inserted wow
2: as a kid i would have made use of a uh, a screwdriver and a hammer to get this thing off
1: you would have destroyed your NES. Yeah, I would have. Just for the point of being able to put the cartridge <laughs> in it. It was only $15. Oh, on, only, $15. Yeah, only $15. You so. can get it for the low price of fifteen ninety five. That's That's a bargain. Right?
2: <laughs> so for our next story.
1: Oh, I uh, can't wait for this one. Oh, boy.
2: Nintendo expands the Switch Online SNES and NES library, library with six classic games. Oh, you don't Finally. Say. Wow. Wow. Uh, the day after Nintendo told us to try out F-Zero and other classic SNES games, it has now announced that we'll be adding six games to the Switch online service on December 12th. Uh, four are for the SNES app, and two are for the NES app. We've got four of the Super Nintendo, Star Fox 2, Super Punch-Out, Kirby Superstar, and Breath of Fire 2. And then for the NES, we have Crystalis and Journey to Silius. And I don't know if you guys know about Journey to Silius, that was actually meant to be terminator 2 but they really? uh they lost the license while they were developing the
1: game so then they changed it into journey to cilius the title reminds me of something that i won't repeat that sounds <laughs> similar to that but you can probably figure out what that word is
3: hmm.
2: i do remember chrysalis i actually did a uh, review for chrysalis on this game that game's great i don't know if you guys have ever played Crystalis for the uh the nes that game is awesome
1: that's not the one that Nicholas recommended. Is, no, that was Fexana. No, that was yeah. That was a good
2: game, too. Yeah, Like for our Swedish listeners.
1: Here's my thing with the Switch online deal. They're too slow, and they don't want our money. Well, that... It's the holiday season. At least give us a notable title. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not knocking Kirby Superstar or anything like that, but bring out a little more where is your christmas spirit nintendo <laughs> they have none i'm actually really excited for this last story all right this comes to us from biz journals that's bizjournals.com here's what may be in play for universal orlando's new super nintendo world Orlando's going to take more of my money. Universal Orlando Resort has kept under wraps what's in play for its new Epic Universe theme park, but that hasn't stopped fans from seeking out any small details they can find. The latest nugget comes from fan site The Coaster Kings, which reported potential construction plans for what possibly could be the area of the rumored Super Nintendo world at Universal Orlando's next theme park. So if you look at the map here, it's going to have three different sections. We have Super Mario Land with Yoshi. Mario Kart and Donkey Kong. Do you get shotguns in the Donkey Kong area? Well, of course. They hand them out at the <laughs> gate when you walk in.
2: I, w- I want to go to the Mario Kart area. Who doesn't want to pl- uh, do uh, karting on, like, Rainbow Road or something? You actually fall off the edge and die.
1: <laughs> the only I'm, difference is you get one life. Yeah, I'm down for that. I <laughs> I've asked you this question before, but what type of attractions, like, now that we know the actual sections... What are some attractions that you would like to see at each hmm. sub-area of Super Nintendo World? I'm telling you right now, for Donkey Kong, that's where the roller coaster has to be. Yeah. Because the cart can look like a barrel. You go through a jungle. Well, I would expect... Go down a waterfall. Like, um,
2: has anybody ever been on the Incredible Hulk ride? That's what I would expect that to be like.
1: I actually got really sick the one time I rode the Incredible <laughs> Hulk. I was sick for like four hours. Really? Yeah.
2: I love that roller coaster. Oh, it was fun. Wally was scared to death to go on that roller coaster. I had to uh, coerce him into getting on the Hulk ride.
1: That's a funny visual that I wish I would have been there to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny enough, the, ride, the roller coaster that actually made me conquer my fear of roller coasters was and Roller Coaster. Really? Mm-hmm.
2: I love that roller coaster, coaster. Oh, it's
1: great. It's the smoothest roller coaster you'll ever ride. Oh, yeah. I just remember being petrified, and I'm, like, sweating because I'm so nervous. <laughs> And, you know, the cart pulls up, and you hear Steven Tyler yell, three, two, and I'm just like, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> and then it takes off, and, I, and, like, within two seconds, I'm just screaming, like, out of excitement at the top of my lungs because yeah. who doesn't love going 60-something miles an hour with Aerosmith blasting in your ears? It's too short, though. It is very
3: short.
2: But uh, I wish Wally was here so we could talk about our uh, near-death experience on Splash Mountain.
1: I would have loved to have been there for that. Yes.
2: You would not have, because it was not fun.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm super excited for Super Nintendo World. I mean, that, that's just another attraction for the city of Orlando. Yeah. And it's a reason to go to a park that's not Disney.
2: Well, not only that, I still want to go to the star, new Star
1: Wars land. So
2: if I could do that and go to uh, Nintendo Land, I'd be one happy little boy.
1: I could just retire from life at that point.
2: Yeah, me too. <laughs> But uh, we're gonna go ahead and de- go into this month in video game history. Oops. Uh, on December 31st of 1982, Gottlieb releases Cubert, that little foul-mouthed orange bastard.
1: Who doesn't love Cubert? He was great in Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, he was. He stole the show to me. I love me some Cubert. I remember growing up at my aunt's house. There were very few NES games that she had. Legend of Zelda, Mario slash Duck Hunt. I believe she also had q
2: Did they have q for the NES?
1: I remember playing it at someone's house. It may not have been my aunt's house, but I do remember playing it as a kid.
2: Cause I remember my cousin had it for the 7200, or the 2600, I mean.
1: I honestly can't remember. Yeah, I, I used years. to
2: play it at his house. That's how old I
1: am. I'm Atari sure Wally, w- Wally will tell us about it whenever he listens to this. Well, we have the fact checker to the fact checker. Yes, we
2: tonight.
1: do. <laughs> He's looking it up right now. Well, while we wait on that, uh, in December of 1984. We're right. <laughs> cool. All right. In December of 1984, Irem releases Kung Fu Master and lays the foundation for the beat 'em em up genre. I just reviewed Kung Fu not too long ago. Yes, you did. That was a simple game. (laughs) That might have been, what, two shows ago?
2: Yeah, it wasn't too long ago. Yeah. Uh, Also in December of 1984, Atari Games releases Marble Madness, their first game written in the C programming language and to use a 68,000 family microprocessor. I just reviewed Marble Madness for the Nintendo not too long ago, and holy crap, that's such a fun game, but it's short as hell. Never played it. It's so fun, and the music's so good. Like, I could just listen to the music all day.
1: But speaking of great games, on December 1st of 1988, Nintendo releases Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link in America. <laughs> the game had been released <laughs> nearly two years earlier in Japan on the Famicom Disk System before America even saw the first Legend of Zelda. Now, for those who have never listened, I'm being totally sarcastic whenever I say that. It is not a good game. It was a complete departure from what made Zelda great. It does, I do love the temple theme, and they did a great remix of it for Smash Brothers.
2: The game so is I, awful. I will,
1: I will give it that. I would take a dump on that game. December
2: 9th of 1988, Tecmo releases Ninja Gaiden for the NES Famicom, My White Whale, which I have still yet to defeat that damn game. I can get to the final boss.
1: I still can't defeat it. I'm going to make a bold prediction for 2020. It's not going to happen. No, it will happen. (laughs) I have the faith in you that it will happen. My reflexes are getting too slow in my old age. I I think you're going to be so excited about it. You're not just going to text me. You're going to call me. It's going to be at like 11 o'clock at night. I'm gonna be dead asleep and be like, "Hello, I did it." Cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's not gonna happen ever. Let's see. Uh, December 22nd of 1989, Konami releases Castlevania III: Dracula's Curse, the third and final game for the series for the NES. You mean Castlevania
2: III? Staircases. That's all that's in that game is freaking staircases. (laughs) And all you do is fall off the damn staircases.
1: Was it this or Castlevania 2 that you reviewed not too long ago? Castlevania 2. Okay. I did not like that
2: game either. That game is uh, a hot mess. Well,
1: it's tough to beat the original.
2: Yeah, the original the best. Always will be.
1: Castlevania 4 wasn't too bad. Speaking
2: of Castlevania, didn't we uh, have uh, an article not too long ago that, that said that they were going to drop Season 3 on Netflix like weeks ago? And I haven't seen it. I haven't either. I don't know what's going on with that. I want watch it.
1: Maybe they lied to us. You lied to me. Who knows?
2: You're up. Oh, uh, December thirteenth of nineteen ninety-one, Tecmo releases Tecmo Super Bowl for the NES, the follow-up to 1989's eighty-nine's Tecmo Bowl.
1: Tecmo Bowl. Gr-
2: Love Tecmo Bowl. Yes, Tecmo Bowl is the best.
1: Four words, Barry Sanders. Bo Jackson
2: (laughs) That's all you need Still my favorite uh, football game of all time
1: It's up there I didn't play it for the first time Until I actually played it on the NES Classic I did like NFL Blitz Oh, NFL Blitz was just so over the top Loved NFL Blitz They did an updated Blitz A couple of years ago But I never played it
2: Yeah, but they don't have the NFL license anymore
1: That's true but Tech is fun. I mean it's it's, yeah. it's classic. Did you ever see the Tech Mobile commercial with Bo Jackson? I think I did. It was a car commercial and it was in 8-bit, but then it would cut to Bo Jackson like outside the stadium <laughs> and he would hop in a car and then he whoever was driving it drove it back into the stadium and the graphics went back to 8-bit. I don't remember that at all. I mean it's, It was hilarious. It's vaguely familiar. It's a couple of years old, but it was a great commercial. Hmm. On December 13th, 1993, December 13th was a popular day for yeah, it gaming. Was. Doom is released for PC, widely regarded to be one of the greatest and most influential games of all time in the first person shooter genre. Love me some Doom. Didn't make for a good movie. No, it did not. What game does? That's fair. That's very fair. Jumanji. <laughs> if you count Jumanji, yeah. yes, because. I'm excited for the new Jumanji. I mean, the, the first one with, like, The Rock, Kevin Hart, and Jack Black were great.
2: I still like the original Silent Hill movie, too. I think I thought Silent Hill was great. Yeah. The second one was awful. The first one was
1: good. It happens every now and then. Yeah. I'm telling you, all we need is one. Just one. We need one really good video game movie. It's like... So you did not huh? like Super Mario Brothers? <laughs> we have discussed that in length on this podcast. <laughs> oh, that game is... a
2: That, that movie was... It, that was traumatizing.
1: So you were the smart one for that commentary because me and Wally watched the movie before we did the commentary. No, I knew better. <laughs> I knew better. I'm just thinking, what am I watching? I, I don't know. We still got to watch Double Dragon. I'm down for that. Or the original Mortal Kombat. Because the yeah, original Mortal Kombat's that. not bad. Yeah. The second one is garbage. So
2: I think we should have Tyler on for, uh, for our, our official fact checker to the fact checker. You should come on and watch Double Dragon with us for a commentary track. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that would be fantastic. Yeah. We should make that happen.
2: Uh, December uh, uh, t- December 17th of 1996, Mega Man 8 is released by Capcom for the PS1, the first Mega Man game to be released
1: on PlayStation. I could have made this entire segment all Mega Man. Probably.
2: They're all released in December. Yeah, all Mega
1: Man games came out in December. I just thought it was cool that this was the first game to actually be released on a non-Nintendo console, I believe. Yeah.
2: But I never played it on PS1, though, so.
1: I mean, still to this day, the only Mega Man game i played is Mega Man X, as far as extensively. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
2: That's right. It's the only one with real voice acting on really? it. Yeah. Huh. Ooh. That does in- not sound good at all. <laughs> I know now I did not play that game because I would have remembered that. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> and to close us out on this month in video game history, on December 18th, 1998, the original Mario Party was released for the N64. Super fun game. I haven't played a bad Mario Party game yet. I haven't played too many of the Mario Party games. They're fun to have with a group of people and a lot of alcohol.
2: I'm sure. <laughs>
1: so is Mario Kart. That's true. That yeah. is very true.
2: But uh, we're going to go ahead and do the shout outs now. So Derek, you want to give some shout outs?
1: Yeah, so we want to give a shout out to our friends on our Patreon, xblade 7 Daniel Salmon, and John Jekyll. You guys keep the lights on for us. And if you want to check out our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash retro We have different tiers, and if we get up to the $50 level, we'll do an extra episode every month where we do audio commentary. Similar to what we've done with Super Mario Brothers, The Wizard. We've done an episode of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Captain and the Game Master. Captain and the Game Master, yes. we still got to do Zelda.
2: Yeah, we do. That, ugh. I can already, I can already
1: promise you, I will be unbearable during that episode. Yeah. Excuse me, princess. Oh my god, so awful.
2: <laughs> I actually like the Captain N uh, show that we watched because I forgot how weird and
1: weirdly good that show is. Well, yeah, Mega Man sounded like an Italian crime boss. Yeah. That was odd. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can head over to Patreon.com/NerdCaveRetro to check that out.
2: But if uh, if anybody out there has some questions you'd like to ask us, you can, uh, anytime, come and step up to the mic. And um, tonight we're going to be talking about um, remakes. Seems like there's going to be a lot of game remakes coming up soon, and if that's
1: going to be a good thing or a bad thing. Well, on one hand, I'm for it because... It's cool going back. I'll use the Crash Bandicoot collection as an example. I love the original three Crash Bandicoot games. All the ones after that, not really that great. And I think that's because the formula was just kind of tired at that point. Then they tried adding new stuff and it wasn't that great. But going back and playing the remastered collection was a lot of fun. Like it brought back some fun nostalgia. I think it's good in certain doses. We don't need to see every game under the sun get the remastered treatment. I know we've talked about several games, which a lot of them are escaping me at this point. Of well,
2: the biggest one from this year was Resident Evil 2. Yeah. I don't know if you guys played the remake of that. That's probably up there as one of my favorite games of all time, Resident Evil 2. And then they did the remake. And they sort of, you know, they it's still the same game, but they definitely added some new stuff to it, uh, made it a little bit different. And made it a whole complete new experience, which is exactly what I wanted from it. I didn't want a you know a shot-for-shot remake of the original. But what they did was kept the spirit of the original, the feel of the original, and made something completely new out of it. And that's what I want. And they're also about to release uh, Resident Evil 3 mm-hmm. coming up soon. And I'm excited for that. But, you know, I really... I think there's other games that deserve the uh, the remake treatment, especially stuff in the late 90s, early 2000s era where the, uh, the p- polygonal graphics just looked like garbage, but the games were good. That's the stuff that needs to be redone. But I just don't want them to get into, you know, like Hollywood where everything coming out is going to be a remake and there's nothing new or innovative.
1: Well, we'd eventually get our... Batman v Superman, of exactly. At some point. <laughs> so if you had to pick one game to be remade, just like I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. You have to pick one. What would it be?
2: I still want Star Tropics. A new version of Star Tropics with today's graphics. You know, uh, the Nintendo Touch, and, and it doesn't even have to be like r- photorealism. I mean, it just has to be like uh, imagine a Breath of the Wild version of yeah. Star Tropics. Because Nintendo seriously dropped the ball on a great franchise and I don't know what happened with that, but I love that game and I want to see it with a, a good remake version of it.
1: Well, if I remember right, the sequel came out in the dying days of the NES. It was actually I think it, n- it was, one, it of was one of the last games last
2: games produced for the Nintendo Entertainment System in nineteen ninety four when that system was just dead. I mean, the, the, the Super Nintendo had been out for three years at that point. Like, why not put it on the Super Nintendo? Like, what are you thinking,
1: Nintendo? They all can't be the PS2. No. <laughs> now, that, that system was absolutely insane. What
2: about you? What, uh, what would you want
1: to have I a have, remake? I have an interesting take on that. And you might fight me on this because I know how much you love this game. It would be interesting to see a Breath of the Wild treatment for a Link to the Past. Oh,
2: I'm completely down for that. Is I would that,
1: love to see that. I mean, you just... You take Breath of the Wild-style graphics and just put Link to the Past storyline in there. The, the game's is, big enough where you could spend a lot of time, and if you add not necessarily an open-world aspect, but you add some new features to it to add more you know, playtime, yeah, but Link to the Past is already a perfect game. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is very true.
2: Come on, LB. I know you got something to say about uh, any type of uh, remake. We're going to have our first question here right now. Uh, I automatically regret uh,
1: inviting Derek here because of that <laughs> answer. <laughs> it's either that or just a straight-up remaster of Ocarina of Time. I think a whole bunch of, like, uh, I love this segment, by the way. This is fucking rad. Uh, the
2: I think a lot of nerds do this they ping-pong this question around and for me it always comes to do you really want a remake of Ocarina or do you just want another Legend of Zelda game Um, it's remake versus sequel Um, the one for me is always Knights of the Old Republic yes Yes. like do you want another? you want a better rendered Knights or do you want Knights 3 because I want Knights 3 yeah, like, I'll true. take Knights Three. Give me yeah. Knights Three. I don't. I, Knights One's great. It really needs some graphics. Yeah, real bad. But it's still so freaking good that just give me just give me another one. Yeah, I think. I agree with that hundred percent. Because like those two games, the, the the Knights of the Old Republic games, still kind of hold up, even though they are kind of rough around the edges. You can still go back and play those games and get a lot of enjoyment out of them, and kind of forget that they're a little rough looking because they are such good games. But at the same time, I would like to see, like, just fresh graphics on it, like a fresh coat of paint. But I would love to have Knights Three. Like that would be yeah. just, I'd be there. You know, pre-purchase that would be a pre-purchase for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Give me three.
1: Yeah. No, and that's that's actually a very great point. Yeah. I think they really missed out by not doing Nights Three. Yeah, I think so. I still think you know with this new trilogy of Star Wars movies that Ryan Johnson's doing, they absolutely need to explore that time frame, like not not do a straight up adaptation of KOTOR, but base it like see the Jedi and the Sith in their prime, like have a Yoda in his prime. Yeah with the Sith at their peak, with yeah. those two like truly fighting against each other, would just be awesome.
2: Oh, yeah. And I'm still sick t- to my stomach that Shadows of the Empire is not canon. Because yeah. that is a game that I would like to see remade. Because you're not ever going to see a sequel to that game. There's really no point in having a sequel to that game. But you could go back and just completely you know, redo that game and remaster it, make it look nice, and that would be... I'd be there for day one purchase of that, like a. P- yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: I still need
3: to play that, by the way. Fallen order.
2: And our official fact checker to the fact checker.
3: Now, if we're just going to go Star Wars games, let's just do a whole another Rogue Squadron with Poe Dameron. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> that's
1: an awesome idea. I love that idea. Was there a Rogue Squadron three? Was there? You're right. Yeah.
2: That's right, because I have the one on 64 right now. I used to have the two on GameCube, but I don't have them anymore. the second one on and i third
3: one, which
1: has the original Wars on Oh, wow. Yeah. What was the third one called? Because Rogue Squadron was for the N64. Um, was there Rogue Leader? Or was yeah. it Rebel Strike? Rebel
2: Strike. That okay. was it. Yeah.
1: What was the other one called?
2: Um, he's going to look at it. Our up, fact checker is checking for us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rogue, Rogue Leader, Leader, that's it. Okay. Those games are great.
1: Yeah. Well, I remember the sequel coming out for GameCube, and it was all the little like missions that took place in between the big battles. So say like the Battle of Hoth would be the tail end of it. And then you see a continuation of it, which I thought yeah. was a cool concept.
2: Yeah, I like that a lot. And um, I, I still think that the N64 one holds up well, too. Like, I actually played that one not too long ago. And yeah. it actually worked surprisingly well with that shit controller. Because <laughs> <laughs> you really only need the thumbstick. I mean, that's really all. You don't need dual analog yeah. to play that game well. It's actually a little more... Of a flight simulator that way with just the one stick.
1: I played an N64 game not too long ago, and it made me think I really want to get that controller that we talked about a few yeah. weeks ago. It's not good.
2: No, it's not. It's really not good. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have uh, ever watched the Angry Video Game Nerd. He just uh, he just released an episode the other day about um, Majora's Mask, and he was talking about how shitty the N64 game controller is. And look, I understand that it was the kind of the stepping stone between the original controllers and the dual analog, but if Nintendo comes out with an N64 uh, uh, mini or does any kind of N64 games for the Switch, they've got to just completely redo the uh, control schemes for everything, because just having the single analog stick is awful.
1: It's funny because they went from having arguably the worst controller... To the best. To the best, yeah. Because the GameCube <laughs> controller is still my favorite. Mine too. When I was playing Smash Brothers Melee to review it a couple of weeks yep. ago, it just feels perfect. Like the placement of the, the trigger buttons are perfect because they have these little dips where you rest your fingers and it it just fits like a glove in your hand. It's just, that should be the controller they use for every console, I think.
2: Well, when I went to Panama City, uh, I was there with a couple other comedians, uh, Jade, is his last name Green? Jade Green was with us, and uh, we were playing Smash Brothers Brawl in the bar. They had a TV set up with Smash Brothers Brawl, and uh, he kicked all of our asses. Like we were just, you know, like Mike Tyson punching a baby, because come (laughs) to find out, he was a professional Smash Brothers player.
1: Now, see, that's just not fair.
2: No. He, he whipped all three of us within like a minute.
1: Who was his character?
2: Oh, shoot. It was... Uh, I forgot who he was playing. Because I was Samus. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacob was playing... Shoot, now I don't remember. Oh, he was playing uh, Captain... Um,
1: Captain Falcon. Captain Falcon. Yeah the ultimate troll character yep. from that game.
2: <laughs> it was it was it was shameful. <laughs> How bad he beat the three of us.
1: I would love to do one of those tournaments one day. I mean, I know I would get knocked out within 5 minutes of the first round, but I would still love to do it just for the experience. Yeah. Cuz I think I've told my Pokémon story on the show, but several years ago me and three friends went to Atlanta for a Pokémon tournament. We all were knocked out in the first round, like within minutes. <laughs> Sat down and started playing, just, all right, there's one down, there's another, another, and my whole team's gone. Hey, you guys <laughs> want to go get Chinese food? There's a cool place right down the road. And that's what we did. Yeah. We went and got Chinese food and saw X-Men First Class.
2: Sounds like a so good it, night. <laughs> it
1: it wasn't, wasn't a bad epilogue to a pretty uneventful. Well, it was eventful, but for the wrong reasons. But
2: We should have a Smash Brothers tournament here. I would love that. And if you're uh, any sort of a professional player, you're not allowed.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, they do Smash Brothers tournaments in Pensacola at O'Reilly's because we were there for your comedy show. I saw a sign. Yeah. I think uh, they do it on Mondays. I
2: would still get my ass kicked. So I'm just not good at fighting games at all.
1: I should go try it.
2: Unless I'm playing Baraka in Mortal Kombat 2, then yeah, I can at least hold my yeah. own for a little while.
1: That's a game I haven't played. To, to use a Star Wars quote, that's a game I haven't played in a, a long, long time. time. Long time.
2: I would like to see... Yeah, I think of all the Star Wars games, I think the one I would want remade the most is Shadows of the Empire. Oh,
1: no doubt. I mean, it's, just, it's one that is just such a popular story. And you go back and play it, the graphics are so bad. Yeah, they're You they're just throw not a fresh good. coat of paint on it, tighten up the controls a bit. It would be a great game. Yeah. It I would. mean, it's still a great game, but fixing it would make it even better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I would actually wouldn't mind seeing some of the, uh maybe like some of the Pod Racer games. Yep. Those were good games. I would love to have those remade.
1: Again, it's another game. I played I did play Pod Racer like maybe twice, but never got into it as much as I did like Shadows of the Empire or the other games for the console.
2: Yeah. I was just thinking if they're going to remake some stuff, remake some stuff that takes a while to play, like a good RPG or something. Like what would Anything come readily to mind that needs a good remake? Snake Rattle and Roll. Ooh, Snake Rattle and Roll is a good game. I would actually like to play that on my phone, actually. (laughs) Never played that one. Yeah, that's weird because there's a lot of old games like that that would actually work great as phone games, but they're not being remade as that.
1: Well, we talked about that. There was a rumor about a Game Boy Mini. But we were thinking, why not just release a package of mobile Isn't games? Isn't a Game Boy already a mini? <laughs> it, it, it is, really. Yeah, Nintendo should just release like a pack of like twenty games that you play on a single app, yeah. and just call it like Game Boy. That would be great. I would love that.
2: Of course, Nintendo doesn't want our money, so. No, they do not.
1: I mean, I would love to play, you know, the Mario Land games. Link's Awakening. I mean, I know they just did the remaster, but yeah. which was a great idea because that game flew so far under the radar, and I think it's because it was for the Game Boy. But it's truly one of the best Zelda games ever made. Well,
2: I'm definitely getting that for the holidays because uh, I've been wanting to play that for a while. I love me some Zelda. They can give me anything Zelda, and I'll play it, except for part two. Unless they do a, if they do a remake of part two and change it completely, <laughs> <laughs> I would be down for that. 100%. Oh, uh, that would be great. If they just took Link to the Past and just said, here's Zelda 2 remade, I'd be like, okay. I'm down for that. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not canon. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> that would actually be really funny if yeah. they did that. <laughs> but as much as, you know, Breath of the Wild's great. It's one of my favorite all-time games. But it was so cool when they did the Link's Awakening remaster to go back to that traditional top-down go to dungeons, collect your items, fight dungeon bosses, get to the final boss, complete the game. It it was fun going back to that traditional style. Yeah. That being said, I'm so stoked for Breath of the Wild too. whenever it comes out.
2: Oh, I know. I love Breath of the Wild. I put probably 100 hours into that game. Yep, same. And still only completed about 40% of it.
1: Well, that's the thing is, you know, you can plug that game in and within 10 minutes find a new shrine.
2: Well, the thing is, I went back to it after not playing it for like a year. I went back in a few months ago and had no clue how to do anything. Didn't know where I was, didn't know what was in my inventory. So I'm just like, yeah, I think I may need to start this over again.
1: Part of me really wants to start a new game and just start fresh. But But I can't, (laughs) I can't delete my progress Yeah, because I never put that amount of time into games anymore.
2: Stupid! They don't give you multiple save files. That was always a staple of the Zelda games was multiple save files. I still have have my uh, Link to the Past game that I completed when I was like, you know, when it first came out. Really? It's still on there.
1: That's awesome.
2: Yeah, I'll never delete it.
1: (laughs) But yeah, does anybody else have any questions?
3: Did Leone Barinos? So um, music plays a big part in games, obviously because they have music in them. But what other outside music do monomically like, associate with a game? Talking about Link to the Past, the first time I actually played through it was, like, 97, 98. And I just got a uh, Hendrix Greatest Hits CD. And so now I can't go through the dark world overworld map without hearing all along the watchtower. <laughs> I have
2: something that along those exact lines. I used to play F-Zero, but I would also pl- like turn the sound down on the TV and listen to David Lee Roth, Eat em and Smile. <laughs> so now <laughs> every time I listen to either that album, I think of F-Zero, or if I play F-Zero, I think of David Lee Roth, Eat
1: em and Smile. That's fantastic. I mean what better combination than F0 and Diamond Dave? Exactly. <laughs> I went through this phase where when the Sonic Adventure games came out for the Dreamcast, specifically Sonic Adventure 2, I would make CDs because this was before like you know Spotify or anything where you could make playlists. I would listen to certain songs depending on the character. Yeah. So like with Sonic I would listen to music like at that time Lincoln Park was huge and yeah. I had hybrid theory so I would listen to Lincoln Park the offspring bands of you know that type of genre when you would play a shadow I would listen to your heavy metal like Rob Zombie yeah. I, I did go through a metal phase <laughs> when I was a junior in high school believe it or not That would have wow
2: I can't picture Derek being a little metalhead head. If I had the spiked hair, I'd wear black every day. Awesome. Derek, a little emo Derek. There's a, in
1: my high school yearbook, my junior year, there's a photo of me with spiked hair, clean shaven, because I couldn't grow facial hair yet, and I was wearing a black shirt with a big black leather jacket.
2: We got to put that as a show graphic.
1: <laughs> I should make that my Facebook profile you photo. should. Either that or the one of me when I was, like, seven dressed up as Sonic. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that, I, that's my biggest, the biggest thing that drops out, that comes out to me as far as, like, associating real music. I do like the Jimi Hendrix comparison because he's got some
3: great stuff. Thing with, one last thing with music. Um. At the end of the Melee episode, y'all talked about the, the Smashing Live CD. I have that CD. I've had it for, I think since it came out, uh, a friend of my mom's took me to see the very first Harry Potter movie, and afterwards she was like, hey, I've got this thing. I got it from one of my students because she was a teacher, and she was like, your mom said you like video games. You want it? I said, yes, I do. And so I've, it's been a staple in my car's rotation until my CD player gave out.
2: So you still have it, though?
3: The house. I have it still. So.
2: Because I looked it up on eBay. That thing's quite expensive.
3: Yeah, it's, it's somewhere with all my CDs, but I still have it. I've seen it like less than a year ago, if so I know I have it.
2: If you can find it, I want to get it from you and burn a copy.
3: Roger, roger. <laughs> well, Tyler, let me ask you
1: this because you mentioned the Smashing Live CD. Do you remember when Nintendo would actually release
3: soundtracks for their games? Yeah, they. it was mainly the N64 era. There was a little special catalog, I think, that subscribers for Nintendo Power would get because I've bought some of those back issues. And they were subscriber issues because they still had the inserts in them. And there was an N64 sampler CD to where like all of the launch games had some of their songs. So you had a couple from Mario 64, some from Wave Race and from um, Shadows of the Empire. But they were, they were real short, uh, so they were never actually the full soundtracks. But there was a... Mario 64 when it was released as well. Yeah, I remember, I remember doing that, yeah.
2: Well, I used to have the soundtrack, too, for The Seventh Guest. I don't know if you uh, – I reviewed that on the show mm-hmm. a while back. But um, I had the, the, the CD-ROM of it for my computer back in the 90s. And with the game, they actually gave you a, a CD of the soundtrack. And I drove around like, you know, 17-year-old kid in 11th grade driving around listening to The Seventh Guest soundtrack.
3: <laughs> One of my favorite <laughs> things is that um, – When Singing River Mall was opening Gautier, there was um, a little store called Imagine That, and the guy sold like anime and video game soundtrack CDs, and there was one I bought from him for like 15 bucks, and it was the soundtrack to the first two Castlevania games on the Game Boy Advance for uh, Circle of the Moon and Harmony of Desonance. that's awesome. I drove around listening to that, and in fact, I just happened to come across, um, since I've got an Android, I've got the Google Play Store, Almost all of those old um, soundtracks are on there, so if, if you're looking for some of those, look them up because they're fairly cheap, they're like 7 $8. Uh, the original Street Fighter II soundtrack is on there for 16 but you get like over a hundred tracks because it's not only the, the home console releases, it's also the, the different hardware revisions, so you get the CPS-1 yeah. and the CPS-2 model of everybody's themes from the game. That's awesome.
2: Well, Derek actually bought me the uh, the Castlevania soundtrack on vinyl for Christmas a few years yep. ago, and I still haven't opened it, and I never will.
3: You gotta keep that thing pristine. It's pristine. I have a uh, it's a Mega Man picture album, but it's a little snippets of every Mega Man soundtrack from one through ten.
2: I've seen your game room, and if it comes up empty one night, I didn't do it.
3: <laughs> I don't know where to go first. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, we're getting close to the end of the show. Is there anything else you wanted to, to throw out there?
1: I did want to say one quick thing about the music. You mentioning the Nintendo Power, because um, they used to do a catalog every quarter where you could get merchandise. You could get you know, hats, shirts. I remember that. I remember when I was a kid, I sent in the correct number of stamps that you had to collect, and I had a Mario hat for the longest time. But they did CDs, too. And I still have some of them at my parents' house. I still have Ocarina of Time, I think Majora's Mask, Banjo-Kazooie. But my favorite, just because of the CD, was Diddy Kong Racing. C- I remember
2: you talking about that when you reviewed it.
1: The CD was cut in the shape of Diddy Kong's head. So you couldn't play it in a CD player. Because I remember I had you know one of those Walkmans, like a portable CD player. That was the only player that I could, I could play it. I couldn't even put it in a computer.
2: That's so stupid. So
1: it's a very big design flaw. Cool look, but very big design flaw. Why wouldn't
2: you just do a CD and then, like, print the Diddy Kong's face on the CD? Like, why would you shape a CD in Diddy Kong? Like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard.
1: Still have it. I should post a picture of it on our Instagram. But, yeah, that's my my music story. But, um, yeah, as far as anything else to throw out there... Of course, you can check out my solo show, The Derek Diamond Experience, which, I guess I'll officially announce it on here, there will be three episodes coming out this week. We did an epic three-hour Star Wars discussion the other night, so part one will be discussing the original trilogy, part two is the prequels, part three the new movies, all leading up to The Rise of Skywalker coming out on Thursday. That
2: was a fun discussion, but it was a marathon. It was so long,
1: Jason's (laughs) phone died. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I had to dip out. I was like at 2%. I'm like, Derek,
1: I got (laughs) to (laughs) go. But you can find that on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And you can follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at D Diamond Podcast.
2: And don't forget, we also have uh, the film screenings next week. Yep. Uh, December 21st, Saturday at the Perfect Plain Brewery. Yep. In Pensacola. We're going to be showing uh, Servi, Parker Syndrome. um, We're
1: showing a total of six films, including Alters, a drama called Shoreline, uh, kind of a, I call it a drama slash little bit of sci fi element to it called The Verso Verdict, Monsters Anonymous, Mm -hmm. Servi, and The Parker Syndrome.
2: Yeah, so it's six movies. are all by local filmmakers. So if you want to come out, it's at Perfect Plan. What time does it start? 7 p.m. 7 p.m. in Pensacola, Florida. Yep. And we will be there doing Q&A, so if you like us, come see us. Absolutely. And uh, if you'd like to check out my stupid shit, you can just go to <laughs> at JFunktastic on Twitter. And that's pretty much all I do besides tell jokes here at the Kraken on Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And if you want to come to the Kraken, come here to the Kraken. It's, uh, it's the best nerd bar in the country right here in Biloxi, Mississippi. On uh, What's the actual address? 871 Howard Avenue in Biloxi, Mississippi. Come out. You can play board games, uh, get some good food, drinks, anything you could want in a nerd bar. The
1: wings are fantastic.
2: And we do uh, comedy on Mondays where I come up here and am not funny at all. I still need to make it out to one of those shows. Yeah, you do. So I'm going to play our music here if I can find it. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. You can find us at NerdCaveRetro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at NerdCaveRetro. That sounds awful. (laughs) Uh, We're also uh, at NerdCaveRetro. Uh, You can follow us individually at JFunktastic and at Derek underscore Diamond. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash NerdCaveRetro. Go give us some money over on Patreon at Patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. And if you can't do that, leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are sold. So Derek, please tell him what it's all about.
1: May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Yes.
2: <laughs>